Good morning. Today is Fear Not Friday. Hallelujah. It is January the 26th, the year of our Lord, 2024. And this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts. It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Listen to what the Spirit says. It's time for daybreak. Daybreak. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's see, I think Mom has just got here. Let her get in here behind us. We're going to sing a song. We sung this quite a bit down in uh, Honduras. Uh, we had a new guy on the team this year that came with us. His name was Jeff, and he said he loved this song because he thought about all the different nations and countries and the different people that believe in Jesus. And when we get to heaven, we'll all be together. When we all get to heaven. Yeah. 
Sorry, that was awkward. Fuck. Kayla, you could have joined us. You could have joined us. Our oldest daughter is here as well, but she didn't come jump in. She can sing really good. <laughs> What's this mean? Like me, I don't have my eyebrows on this morning. Don't have your eyebrows on. No, and I don't have any. They're blonde. They're white. You don't have eyebrows on. <laughs> D says she told you last night to sing. I didn't get it. She said, I didn't get it. <laughs> she said, good morning, Jackie Zuninga Alvarez. Andrea. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Mama, she's on here. Good morning, sweetie. Good morning, sweetie, Mama says. All right, guys, thank you for being here on this Friday. We are in Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, if you want to open your Bibles and follow along. Uh, yeah, Miss Peggy, what a shouting time. I agree with you. So good morning to all you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, oh, Brother Charles said he loves you, Kayla. I love you too. She loves you too, Brother Charles. Um, so I'm going to see if we can finish chapter 29. Of course, that means I can't get hung up. But yesterday I got hung up, but it, I just felt like we were on a very important proverb and it needed some extra time because... You know, we need the revelation of God. We need the Bible. So verse 20, and if God will help me, I will get to verse 27, hopefully. Uh, let's just see how it goes. I don't want to rush it, but I uh, don't want to prolong either. Oh, mommy, you're shaking the table. All right, verse 20. Here we go. Proverbs 29, 20 says... Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. To be hasty in your words means to speak too quickly, speak in a hurried manner. Sometimes uh, we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, the scripture says. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Sometimes we need to slow down what we say because once it comes out of our mouth we can't grab it and put it back in it's it's out now okay and so we need to be sure to not be hasty with our words and the proverb says there's more hope for a fool than for him so this this makes me think of who can control the tongue right do you do you know that brother james brother james says that you nobody can control the tongue, that you can't control the tongue. Only God. Only God can control the tongue. With humanity, this is impossible. With, with humans, this is possible uh, impossible. He said, it's a fire, it's set on the fires of hell. No one can tame the tongue. That's in James chapter 3, by the way. James chapter 3. God, but God has helped me nearly bite my tongue off Right. Before. But I very rarely submit. <laughs> <laughs> but with God's help, you can tame the tongue. So we need the Holy Spirit to help override us 
And that's why Jesus says what comes out of the mouth comes forth from the heart, and that defiles a man. He was talking to some people. They were they were worried about some of the ritual purity that was going on, and people were eating without washing hands, and that means the ritual washing. They hadn't ritually purified their hands, and they were eating, and others, were, you know, religious people were complaining about it. He says, listen, guys, what goes into the mouth does not defile a person, but what comes out defiles for from the heart comes forth blasphemies and, you know, all ungodliness comes forth. And so also it's pay attention when you listen to somebody because this is also true. The scriptures teach us that although someone may be pretending and acting way in their life, if you listen close to how they speak, you it, it can reveal who they really are. Just pay attention to what comes out of the mouth. So we need the Holy Spirit to tame our tongue, to tame our hearts, and to help us not to be hasty with our words. So remember this, be quick to hear, slow to speak. Verse 21, Proverbs 29, 21. He who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end. Now this is kind of a tricky proverb. Uh, because when I was reading it and, and meditating on it, I'm like, what does this mean? And the clue for me was pampers his servant. Now remember, as we have said before, Proverbs is written in a time that's different than the time we live in. And many people had servants, or you might say slaves during this time. And pampers his servants really leans towards saying spoils, he who spoils his servant. So it's what's hard is verse 21 is like, is this is this saying something good or is it saying something bad? Is it negative or is it positive? And so I thought, well, I'll look up a bunch of commentaries on this and, and see if I'm getting the right thought on this as well. And everyone says the same thing. This is kind of hard, but it leans toward basically uh, if you spoil the servant from childhood, he will be he will be thankless and privileged and have the wrong kind of heart. And actually, even some of the translations, when they translated it, they translated it that way. He who spoils his slave will have an unthankful one. And so that seems to be the majority seem to lean that this is in a negative connotation, basically, uh, like we've already read about children, you know, who, uh, if you spoil, you know, spare the rod, you spoil the child kind of thing, that spoiling attitude that brings a um, privileged attitude to a person when they've been spoiled. Anyway, that is a difficult proverb right there. Verse 22, an angry man stirs up strife and a furious man abounds in transgression. Well, this is, this is pretty easy to understand. An angry man stirs up strife. Has any of you ever lost your temper? Have you ever lost your temper and did something stupid? Mm hmm So, when, when one is angry, and, you know, now remember, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit 
part of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. We can control ourselves. We can control our anger. That's the fruit of the spirit. Self-control, temperance, we call it. But uh, if someone gets angry, they can stir up all kinds of strife. And if they get furious, we say overboard with anger. They do all kinds of, they break all kinds of rules. You know, a person can get angry in their home and break dishes and punch holes in walls and just do all kinds of stupid stuff. When we get angry and we lose our temper, we don't think right. So here's another thing. Uh, let the Holy Spirit tone down your anger. And when you feel it rising, when I feel it rising, when we feel it rising, this is a this is uh, one there, there's been a lot of progress in my life in this area. When I was a younger man, especially, and uh, it's something that the Holy Spirit still has to work with me on. And I think it's an ongoing progress with everyone, but uh, especially when I was younger, I could really lose my temper. And if I lost my temper, it was not good. Uh, it just was not good. And God has done miracles in my life with my temper. Any of you out there, would you testify to that? Could you say God has really helped you with your temper? Amen. Kind of runs in the family in my life, by the way. Problem is, Lisa could lose her temper too when she was younger. And, when, and, and so when two, two of us, husband and wife, both lose temper, that's not good. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen, my kids say. Praise the Lord. But God has brought us a long way. He's done miracles on us. Verse 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. This goes with New Testament teaching. And as I've shared with you many times, it is amazing. When you read the book of Proverbs here, when you look at Proverbs, how many Proverbs are basic teachings of Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament? In the New Testament, we read God resists the proud. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, right? See, pride, pride is what the Bible says, the chief angel, the angel that was the guardian of the very throne of God, the chief angel, the guardian of the throne of God, Satan, Lucifer, the scriptures teach he was lifted up in pride. He said, I want to be like the Most High. I don't want to serve the Most High. I want to be like the Most High. I want people to worship me. And so pride is a terrible, terrible thing that can be in our life and in our hearts where we don't want to be humble. We don't want to humble ourselves. I like to say humble yourselves or God will humiliate us. He will humble us. So it's better to humble yourself because God resists the proud. And that's what this says. Man's pride will bring him low. It's going to destroy you. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. Verse 24. Whoever is partner with a thief hates his own life. 
he who swears to tell the truth, he swears, excuse me, he swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. Whoever is partner with a thief hates his own life. The, the proverb is saying it is foolish and you're hating your own life to go into league with a thief for many, many reasons. One being, if you're going in, if you're becoming a partner with a thief, that's pretty stupid. I mean, what makes you think you can trust them? This is the crazy thing about people being partners with wicked people. And then you think they wouldn't steal from you. If they'd steal from somebody else, won't they steal from you? If they'll lie to somebody else, won't they lie to you? Right? And so it says, look, if you partner with the thief, you hate your own life. You're bringing trouble upon your own self. And it says, basically, he holds secrets. He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. In other words, he hears secrets, but he won't tell. Because why? He's in league with the thief. And the proverb, the wisdom of God is saying, this man hates his own life. He's not thinking about his own life. So there's many things that we can do in our life that really are going to turn out in the end against us and hurting us and hurting our life. So we really hate our life. Sometimes in the moment, we want to make a decision because we don't think through what's this going to be like 10 years from now or what, down the road. Or what about when I stand before the Lord, Jesus Christ, in the end? He is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, we're all going to stand before the Lord and give account for our life. Right? So, we need to humble ourselves and fear God. Don't fear man and don't be in league with man. That's what the next two verses really bring out. 25 and 26 really go together. So I will read them together. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. All right, first in verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare. Uh, do you fear man or fear God? I shall not fear what man can do to me. Now, you cannot say this unless you have a personal relationship with God. You must have this personal relationship with the Lord because the reason that I can have confidence to not fear man but fear God Jesus Yeshua said it this way he says listen don't fear him who can kill the body but fear him who can uh, after he is killed can cast both body and soul into hell Jesus is the one who said this now off the top of my head I can't remember where that is at least I'll probably find it for you and put it in there She'll put it in the comments. So Jesus says, don't fear. Look, all a man can do is, is, is kill the body. 
All he can do at his very worst, all he can do deals with this body. He cannot deal with your eternity. He has no authority to deal with you after death. But God does. And that's why Jesus says, look, rather than feeling, fearing the guy that can only touch the body, you fear God who can, after he is killed, he can cast both body and soul into hell. Matthew 10, 28. Yes, that is it. That is it. You know how I remember that, Lisa? The guy I worked with used to have Matthew 10, 28 tattooed on his arm. And I remember thinking, what is that? What is that? And it caused me to look it up. That was kind of interesting. Uh, but you cannot really grab a hold of that unless you have a personal relationship with God. Unless you know you're on the road to eternity, you can't really think like that. And I understand that. Um, I wrote something down here. Okay, yeah. Nothing can touch me. There's a song. Nothing can touch me that doesn't pass through his hand. We learned this from a, different, uh, a couple of different places in the Bible. Job, the entire book of Job, really. Right. Now, let me qualify this. Okay, I feel like I need to say just a little bit about this. Right. Let me qualify. If you are a sincere follower of Jesus, okay, if God is your God and you give your heart and life to him, then you need to understand that nothing can touch you that doesn't pass through his hand. Okay? And therefore, I am safe in my Father's hand. Now, if I step out from walking in the Spirit and I don't listen to the Spirit and I make decisions that's not in line with following God and what God says, then I am getting out from and under the protection of God and, an, and I am opening myself up for trouble. I'm not talking about that, doing that. We can bring trouble upon ourselves. You can open doors for the devil to come into your life and wreak havoc. Can I get an amen? Yep. You understand? I, I mean, in your comments, can I get an amen? You can open doors by not listening to God, not obeying God. You can open doors in your life to bring trouble into your life. I'm not talking about that. But if you are following the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, if you are in His will and walking in His will, then you can trust that nothing can come into your life that doesn't pass through your Father's hand and he will use it for good. So we submit to God and we say, God, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. In Jesus' name. And then Paul teaches us in 2 Corinthians that, that God even lets the trials, 2 Corinthians, I think it's in chapter 1, but he talks about trials there and how that even the trials that God allows, the apostle Paul was an apostle who went through many trials. But he come to understand that even the trials that God allowed into his life helped him to be more mature, stay on the right road, and help others come to the Lord. There's always a purpose for the sincere follower if something comes into our life. You may not understand it, but God does. God understands it, and he knows what's going on. All right, one more. Let's go ahead and finish this chapter, shall we? Because it's an easy one. 
and it's Friday, and we won't get together again till Tuesday next week. So, uh, verse twenty-seven: An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. This is pretty. This is simple, and this will finish our chapter. Abomination in the Bible: the word abomination means causing disgust or hatred, and it's. Pretty simple. The unjust man is an abomination to the righteous. People who live right and walk right, when they see the unjust, ungodly, God-hating, evil-loving things that go on in our world, it's an abomination to us. It's like, oh, oh, Lord, turn it off. Turn it off, you know, whether it's a concert and... There's all this demonic, devilish stuff, and they're, and it's all evil. We're like, oh, that's disgusting to the righteous. That's disgusting. In the same way, this proverb is saying, the upright, those who live right, they're an abomination. They're disgusting to the wicked. The wicked look at the righteous, and they go, I can't stand that. Oh, they don't like us, right? This proverb is just very plain and outspoken. Hallelujah. But what's our prayer? Our prayer is that all will come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. And so we love our enemies and get the gospel to everybody we can. All right. Well, that finishes chapter 29. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Thank you for hanging with us. We've got still a good crowd with us, hanging with us. And I appreciate that very much. And I want to say to you, Shabbat Shalom. May you be blessed this weekend. May you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We've got a big weekend planned. Uh, got a baptism this weekend. It's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. I'm getting in cold water. It's going to be a little different uh, for a baptism. But uh, y'all pray for us. We'll pray for you. Let's say the Lord's Prayer and we'll get off. You ready? Are you ready? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. and amen. Right, Shabbat Shalom, dear family. Lord willing, we will see you Tuesday. Be blessed in Jesus, Yeshua's holy name. Bye. Amen. amen.